Good morning, lovely guys and gals, and welcome to the Bird of Life podcast. Welcome back. Today we're going to continue our discussion talking about the offering of a lamb. And today, unlike last week, which we didn't really talk about the procession of the lamb, we're going to begin talking about the procession of the lamb, and we'll see how far we can get from there. So the procession of the lamb is the the procession that we mentioned earlier in the first episode, and briefly touched on in the second episode, that the offering of the lamb used to be carried from the north side of the sanctuary towards the center of the sanctuary. And then we now have different processions different times but it's it's that it's that procession from left to the to the sanctuary from north to the to the sanctuary and we should the deacons say pray for these holy and precious gifts not the big entrance procession so one thing that we didn't really talk about in the previous episode before the procession of the lamb is the, what the deacons are chanting during the offering of the lamb we talked about the egbeya in previous times and we mentioned how the Agbeya doesn't really have an original place in the the rites of the offering of the lamb. It's not a part of the original rites of the offering of the lamb. And one of those things, which is sometimes a little bit harder to swallow than other things, is that the repeated kirelaisons that we have, the 41 Lord have mercies, the 41 kirelaisons that we have during the offering of the lamb, when the deacon is offering up a basket or the, or the, or the priest or whoever is offering the basket for the bread to be chosen and selected to pray the liturgy. One thing that we often don't realize is that those Lord have mercies, the 41 Lord have mercies are from the Akbeya, right? So, and they're right after the creed and they're right after the regular Akbeya prayers that we have usually today in our common, right? So that's not something that is original in any way. There is another hymn called the Alleluia of the Orban or Alil Orban, and that's a hymn that was chanted, and there's also another hymn called Apinav Shopi, or The Time Has Come, and I'm just going to s- spend a little bit of time talking about that hymn, because it's a very beautiful hymn, very beautiful melody, and it has some hints as to where this the, the rites of this service used to be in respect to the other services, and the other parts of the liturgy. So the the hymn Apinav Shopi, which is the hymn, one of the hymns that can be chanted during the offering of the Lamb, has these words. The time has come. Dismiss the multitude. Let teachers explain. Let all wise men gather unto us to explain the holy books. The blessing of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The blessing of the Mother of God, Mary, the Mother of Jesus Christ. The blessing of the Holy Archangel Michael and Gabriel. And it goes on from the angels and the apostles, the St. Mark, St. George, each one by his name. About Anthony, the Crossbearers, the Righteous and the Just, the Bishop, the Patriarch, and so on. So this is a very important hymn to understand the original place of this of the offering of the Lamb in respect to the rest of the liturgy. So Apinav Shopi, this hymn, or Alil Orban, could be chanted, either one, but the Kirlaisons are not part of the original rite. And oftentimes today, those two are chanted once the Kirlaisons are done, if the priest is not done is not yet done praying for everybody, but they're prayed as a, as, a, as like an option, as a secondary option, but those were the original hymns. It is probably more likely that El Orban was more original because 
it's simpler in text and then it, it also doesn't have use of any saints which is a common feature in a lot of the texts of the liturgy the only, no use of any saints ex with the exception of the virgin mary sometimes and we're going to talk about that when as we continue our study together our journey together but it's important to understand that those two hymns are the quote-unquote preferred original hymns for this time especially the Gbeya is not chanted at all right so the procession of the lamb as we ended off last time the priest is holding the the bread or the lamb that he's selected to be offered and he's covered it he's wrapped it in a linen cloth it does not symbolize anything it does not symbolize the baby in the manger it does not symbolize any of that stuff that is not correct when the priest puts water in his hand and he wipes the bread before he covers it it is not a, sig a significance of the baptism these are all contemplations these are not the reason why they are done. They're very beautiful contemplations, especially if it helps us to pray and helps us to, to experience Christ and to enter into a relationship with Christ in this time. But they are not the reason why these things are done. The water is poured on the bread to clear it off for the remainder of the dust and to make it easier to handle. Imagine handling a piece of bread that's, that's essentially harder or drier and cracking it and putting your thumb through it and, and breaking it apart, it would crack a lot. But if it's a little bit moist, if it's a little bit wet, then it would be easier to handle. That's the reason why the water is put on it. And then it's wrapped up, not because it's the baby in the manger or anything like that, just to keep that humidity, keep the moistness, and to be able to use it later. So as he wraps it and puts the cross on it, there's no really real proper direction of the cross. Some people say the cross has to be done uh, pointing downwards and the pro or the cross had to be upwards downwards because christ fell on the cross and again contemplations just the cross has to be on it doesn't really matter which direction and then there's the procession of the lamb an important thing to note is that today there is the it's a very brief procession very brief going around the altar in the sanctuary the deacon is holding the wine and the candle and the water and the candle and the priest is holding the bread but this is a simpler form of this uh, procession. It used to be the priest, as he says, glory and honor, honor and glory, and so on. As soon as he begins to walk away in the, the form of a circle, there's a deacon in front of him with a candle walking backwards. And then there's another deacon in front of the deacon holding the wine going backwards the same way. And similar, same thing, another deacon in front of the deacon holding the, the water going backwards as well so it wasn't held in the same hand and oftentimes the deacons like should i cross my hand should i uncross my hand whatever it doesn't really make that much of a difference because it doesn't say so in the rubrics of the church and the rites of the church just follow whatever your parish priest says i guess but it the the, the important part is the procession and that that's what happens and the procession goes around this the the altar and i mean you're holding the gifts that you're about to offer to to christ so raise it up a little bit uh, you don't have to raise it over your head, anything extra like that, anything like that. Just hold it in pride that these these are the gifts that are gonna, that you're offering to Christ. As the deacons go around, they say pray for these holy and precious gifts, and those who bring them are sacrifices, and those who bring the Lord have mercy. And then here in the current rites, the priest says, "Remember, Lord, all who have asked us to remember them in our supplications and prayers. May the Lord remember them in your heavenly kingdom." And then after that, a psalm is prayed. Chanting psalms is definitely a Jewish thing, 
very Jewish thing that the that the Church of Alexandria and the rest of Christianity has adopted very much. But this is probably one of those situations which chanting psalms was an adoption of, of more Jewish customs. There are three different psalms that are chanted, more commonly known Coptic, Alleluia Phi this is the day the Lord has made, Alleluia Shifmevi, the thought of man shall confess to you, and then Alleluia Ei in the Lent, in the Great Fast. Um, those are the three psalms that are chanted, those are all uh, directly from scripture, and they're chanted as the procession continues, essentially. Once the priest and the deacons return to their spots before the altar, then the crossings begin. The priest uncovers uncovers the loaf of bread uh, in his hand, and and he puts it in his left hand, and then the wine and the, the water are also close by, and he begins by crossing them. So these are the three main crossings in the Coptic Orthodox Church. These are the crossings that are used for any blessing. So they're the crossings of blessing, and they're used when the deacons are gathered together before they vest themselves with their tunics, with their tonias, anytime a priest is going to bless water or anything like that. Those are, these are the three blessings, and, and they're very powerful, and they're very orthodox blessings, and they essentially encompass a lot of theology just within these words. So the blessing begin with the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Blessed be God, the Father, the Pantocrator, or the Almighty. And then the, the deacon responds by saying, Amen. So straight away you're acknowledging who the Father is. And then you're saying, Blessed be His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Very clearly indicating who the Son is. And then finally the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. Amen. And the deacon responds, Amen. And the deacon after that, he continues and says, One is the Holy Father, one is the Holy Son, one is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then he continues off with another psalm, Blessed be God forever. Amen. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, Latin people, and so on. And then the congregation begins by essentially this, this creed. Because keep in mind that up until now, we haven't said any Orthodox declaration of faith in the offering of the Lamb. There is no creed as we know it today before the uh, offering of them before the Kiralaisum, before the Lord have mercy, anything like that. So this is the first essentially declaration of the creed by the people. There's the first one, initially way earlier, the hymn Tenosh, the hymn we worship the Father uh, of Light and so on. But this is the first communal chant declaration that uh, is is declared by the people. Glory to the Father and the Son to the Holy Spirit now and ever and into the ages of ages. Amen. Then the priest begins the prayer of thanksgiving. Now this is the central point of the prayer, where the prayer of thanksgiving was meant to be in the Coptic Orthodox Church. This is where it began, and this is where... It's essentially a prayer before the chalice, a prayer of blessing towards the cup that we're about to drink. And this is very Jewish, and we talked about the thanksgiving prayer when we talked about the Vespers and Matins prayers. So you can go ahead and look at that for more detail but essentially the difference the only difference in this part of the thanksgiving prayer in this use of the thanksgiving prayer is that the deacon's response incorporates the words and make us worry to partake of the communion of his holy and blessed mysteries and then the priest when he's when he's asking god in thanksgiving prayer he says all envy all temptation all the work of saying the council will come in the rising of enemies hidden manifest take them away from us and from your people and from this table and from this holy place, and so on. And then he keeps going exactly the same way, like everything else. Once the priest is done praying the prayer of thanksgiving, 
one of the chants that are prayed is the hymn Sotis, the hymn Saved. And I've dug a little bit around this hymn just to try to, to understand about it. And from what I've come across, the melody itself is very ancient, very um, is it, it it's Egyptian? It's it's very ancient, probably pharaonic. I'm I'm not quite sure, but it's 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 an old melody. Now the word saved, amen, is a tricky word to understand theologically, because in the Orthodox doctrine, I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Unlike other Christian denominations, which believe that I'm saved once and for all, and that's it. No, we understand salvation as a continual process which happened is happening and will happen so the idea of saved is a little bit tricky and and i've inquired about this specific um, hymn to father athanasius and he explained to me that this was this is a little bit of a theologically challenging topic and it's a little bit difficult to understand theologically but that's what we have today in the church and the hymn that is chanted is saved amen and with your spirit uh, the por- the first portion of it saved the sotis is chanted there is an end to the hymn it's about four minutes long and there is an end to it oftentimes deacon thinks deacons think that there's there's a incessant loop and you I mean you could do that but uh, the there is an end to this hymn and then we continue with the rest of the word saved amen and with the spirit as we begin the next portion of the the prayer and between this part and, and and this is the last portion of the this is the last vocalized portion of the liturgy of the offering of the lamb although there are a few more prayers that we're going to discuss that are important this is the last congregational chant in the offering of the lamb so we're going to stop here maybe this episode is a little bit short but we're going to we're going to stop here and we're going to talk about another hymn next week and some other prayers and we'll either finish up next week or the week after that discussing the offering of the lamb and uh, we're going to shortly enter into the liturgy of the word freely i received freely i give have a blessed day until next time god is with you and christ is risen